This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We're in Exodus chapter 22 still. We're in verse 28 and wow, what a verse today. It It's interesting. Sometimes, sometimes as you're reading through scripture, there's verses that really easily fit and work out well in, in our culture. They're just, they're natural to our culture. We, how we live and how we're oriented just naturally fits with it. And as we're, as you're reading it, you just go, oh yeah, obviously that's just the way it is. Yeah. We ought to do that. And, and we do that and we're so happy with ourselves. And that really is, it really is the way we are as far as sin's concerned. We emphasize the ones that we're good at and we de-emphasize in our lives the things that we're not so good at. And that's been the way it is for as for every human being. Because you don't want to see yourself. The first principle I think that that you need to get in order to really walk by faith is God's sovereignty, that he's sovereignly in control, that he's over everything and he's over you. He owns everything that you have and he bought you at a price and that he's in charge and he gets to decide. And that's very hard for us because we love our free will. And he did give us a free will and a pursuit of happiness, a desire to go and do the things that we want to do and seeking out our life and living our life to its fullest. He, he does give us that, but he also teaches us to submit to his will by faith. And our will is is generally not always best for us. In fact, most of the time it's not best for us. His will is always pleasing and perfect. His best is for us. It's just natural that we don't want to chase after his will. We want to chase after ours, but he is sovereign and he is in control and he does get to decide. The second thing that, that you have to learn is that whole idea of submitting yourself to his will. You have to learn that, that your will is not the most important will but submitting to his will is how we have to live our lives. And there are things that I want and I've wanted to do and God's not allowed me to do. And there's things that I've wanted to do and he didn't allow me to do it at that time, but he allowed me to experience it later. And there's things that I've wanted to do and he did not want me to do it at all. And that's what a sovereign God gets to do. He gets to decide those things. And so that's important. That's important that you understand that. It's very, and it's not easy for people to get to that place in their life. But let me tell you something. It's a very freeing place because I, I realize I'm not controlling things and therefore I quit trying to control things. And we're all in some ways a little bit a control freak of our own lives. We try to control how things are going to work out. And I would just say to you, God knows you better than yourself. And he has plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you hope and a future. And if he's that kind of God and he knows better, me, he knows me better than myself and he knows my future, probably I ought to submit to his will and be okay with how it works out. I ought to be, ought to do that because there's something good coming around. There's a lot of hope in that. And that's what he says. He wants to give us hope for a future. There's a lot of hope for that. That being said, in our country today, in our country, we were created as a nation 
by a group of people who rebelled against their king. Now, there's just no way to look at it any other way than that. That's the truth. That's how that's been the DNA or the genetic framework of us as a nation. We rebelled against King George and had good reason. They had good reason. And let me tell you something. The, the Declaration of Independence is a fabulous document, biblically based document that tells us the reasons why we had to break ties with our sovereign, King George. That being said, in our DNA from then until now, in our DNA, that that means that in some ways we're in a lot of ways we're very suspicious of governments we're suspicious of king george and his motives and and had a good reason to be but we're also we're also suspicious of government and that sometimes can cause us to be rebellious against god and as individuals in our culture and who we are and i'm not make i'm not saying it's bad i'm not saying it's terrible i'm just saying you got to know where you're you got to know where your dark spots are, where your blind spots are. You got to know where you've got issues. And it's very healthy and mature to know that. Know your limitations. Tonight, <clears throat> Terry's going to take a lot of people out and they're going to go caroling tonight. I'm going to show up there and pray with them, but I'm probably not going to go caroling. And the reason is because that would not be beautiful. That would be terrible. And I have a tendency to sing loud and poorly at it. And I got to know, I got to know my limitations. I got to know what I don't do well. And, and that's one of them. Even though I love to sing, I love it. I, I just need to do it alone. Or I need to do it in a group of people where everybody's singing real loud. And so they drown me out. Because anything other than that, <clears throat> it's not beautiful. It's not. It, and if you want to, if you see a group of people caroling, can, especially with Christmas carols, you, you like to see those, the, you like to see people sing with those rich and, and effervescent tones and it just being beautiful. And I, I would try to do it, but you would see how bad I am. You got to know your dark spots. And, and, and we got to know, we got to know the things that we do and we don't do. And we got to know what we do well and what we don't do well. And, and I don't do that well. And also it's good to know when you're studying God's word, you need to not just know the things that you can navigate and keep away from that is sinful or whatever, but you've also need to know you need to get, you need to get what you're not good at and you need to understand. And as you get older, your limitations can grow and your opportunities grow. And sometimes we like to stay with the things that we're becoming limited at and not grow into the things that God has made us open doors and made us better at, open doors and made us more effective at. And sometimes things do change even in our lives. And so understanding that we as a nation have a tendency to be against government and then understanding that scripture or look suspiciously at government and and understanding that we, that suspicion runs counter to what it does run it runs counter it does it runs counter to what god's word says the apostle paul says in the new testament that we're sub to submit to our authorities that means that we're supposed to be submissive to the government jesus said render under caesar unto caesar that which is caesar's he knew caesar was uh, a ruler of, of of rome at that time he understand that the romans were in charge in in israel in jerusalem and galilee he knew that, and he knew that he was God. He said it multiple times as he's being, he's being tried before he's crucified. He told the Sanhedrin that you'll see me sitting at the right hand of the Father. He says to, he says to Pilate, you're right, I am a king. And those things, he understood to, that he was that. And you'll hear a lot of people say, well, Jesus didn't ever claim to be God. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yes, he did. 
on multiple occasions. And he did claim to be the son of God, and he claimed to be God in the flesh. And that's that. the only way you can get away from that is just to say that the accounts in the New Testament are not true. They're the his- historical record of Jesus, by the way. And, and they're attested to by many people. And most even atheist scholars understand that, that the, the New Testament is the attestation of Jesus Christ. And he said to many people and in front of many people and in, in both private and public settings that he was the Son of God. He affirmed when Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, Flesh and blood hath not revealed this to, to you, Peter, but my Father in heaven. He knew that he was God. And yet he says to the people, Render under Caesar's that which is Caesar's. And then we get to this passage in Exodus. And that, remember, this is God telling the people how he wants them to live. And he's making a tie, the same tie off that Jesus makes with Caesar, the same tie off that Peter, the Apostle Paul makes with submitting to authorities, the same tie-off we find in, in this book of history, in the book of Exodus. He says, do not blaspheme God or curse the rulers of your people. And by the way, blasphemy, a lot of times people see blasphemy. In fact, there was a priest that was defrocked recently for being really conservative. But the charge that was brought against him is in a tweet or, or a, a TikTok or something like that. So one of those things that we do, he used the word God and D-A-M-N. He used those words together, and they said that he blasphemed God. And that is just a misunderstanding of that word. Using God's name in vain or blasphemy of God is to attribute to God that which is not God. That what That's what that word actually means. That understanding is you saying that God is something that he clearly says that he is not or you attributing to him some aspect of his character and nature that clearly is not true. And that's what it means to blaspheme God. It means to to say about God or to attribute to God things that are not God, basically to attribute to God sin. And that that is not the way it is. And that not my, let me say this about blaspheming God. It has a lot of depth to it. And in a lot of ways, you blaspheme God in many, many ways you blaspheme because when you treat him as he is not, and has clearly revealed himself in Scripture to not be, you're in many ways blaspheming him. You're making him out to be that which he has not presented himself to be. And that's a struggle. And the way I learned not to blaspheme God is I learned to learn his word, to love his word, and to love how he teaches, love the things he teaches me from that. And that's hard. I'm going to tell you that just straight up at the start. That's hard. That's not an easy thing to do is to love God's word and to learn to love how he reveals himself and to learn to receive him as he has revealed himself to me. That is a hard thing to do and to learn to adjust myself to that. Meaning if God says I'm this and then I realize I'm this over here, then I can't be this over here if it's against what God is over here because I am his and he's mine. And so I have to choose his will over my will, and I have to choose his character over my character. And that's what this whole passage is about, is where he's teaching them how to live with each other according to his will and his character. That's what he's teaching in this passage in Exodus chapter 22. And he does it throughout Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy too. He's teaching them how to, how then shall we live? And how then shall we live is how God is presenting himself. And so he says, don't blaspheme God, but, and, or, and notice these two things are tied together and they're very important. 
He says, or curse the rulers of your people. Huh. You sit there and think about that and you go, done that. I, I dare say anybody who's a red-blooded American hadn't said something very negative, had, hadn't derided or uh, said something very derogatory about one of our rulers. And remember, our rulers are presidents and, and congressmen and and Supreme Court justices. Uh, we have a triune government. We have uh, three branches of government, and each branch of government has a duty and responsibility, and they're to oversee each other. And uh, do they do it? No, because they're human beings. They're, they're, they're like me and you. They're not above us. They're not superhumans. They're not some kind of uh, aristocratic class that is somehow arisen above who we are. They're just people. And uh, most of the time, even the ones that you would perceive to be the worst most of the time, they went into government because they wanted to do something good. Even if they weren't God good, they wanted to do something good as they perceived good to be. And uh, rarely do you have somebody start off in politics or something like that and say, I just want to do evil and do bad and get all I can get and get when I get it when I can. Nobody really starts out that rarely. I can't imagine that really happens. And I may be looking through it with rose-colored glasses, but the truth is, is that the people that we elect, the people that are appointed, the people that serve, they generally don't start out with evil intentions in their heart. Some may, but most don't. And and the truth is that there's very few people that would be online with me that are Christians who haven't said some negative things about about one of our rulers or many of our rulers or most of the ones who are in charge. And you, we don't even like to think of them as rulers. And they're not. We do re live in a representative republic. But when they make rules, we have to live by them. So they are rulers. When they pass laws and when they enforce laws and when they rule upon laws, notice that's the three branches of government. The legislature passes laws. The uh, executive branch enforces the law. And then the, the judiciary rules about how the laws are legitimate or not in compared to the overarching law of our land. And that's the Constitution of the United States. We got rules. We got a lot of them. And we got a code of Alabama that's multi-volume. I got two or three of them scattered in my office in different spots. And they, if you saw the code of Alabama, it's a good solid bookcase. And, and then if you saw the code of the United States, I'm going to say that's a good solid building full of books. They, we have all kinds of rules. And those people that make those rules are rulers. They are. And he says, we're not to blaspheme God and we're not to curse the rulers of our people. Uh, and there's a principle behind this. It's important. I don't want to miss out on that principle. The reason Paul says that we're to submit ourselves to government, the reason uh, Jesus says that we're to render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's, and the reason uh, Moses says here from God's mouth himself says that we're not to curse the rulers of our people is because that will teach us and in, at times in our subconscious it teaches us to rebel and to curse God and not to live under his authority and his rule and that is the worst thing that can happen for us is that we don't seek out God's rule we don't seek out God's purpose we don't seek out God's direction we just do it ourselves and that's how God found us when we were originally lost in our sin. And that's not our best. That's not the best thing for us. It's not what God wants for us. It's not his desire for our hearts. Uh, he desires for us to learn how to, to trust him and to walk with him. And he's given us government, whether it's a, a communist dictatorship 
in China or whether it's whether it's a, a representative democracy, a representative republic in the United States or other forms of democracy in the world or other forms of theistic autocratic governments like in Iran. There's governments, all forms of them all over the earth and, and always have been and always will be. But but the truth is that it's not helpful, generally speaking, to live your life in such a way where you curse the rulers of your people because you're likely in your own heart to learn to blaspheme God or to attribute to him things that are not attributable to him. And, and sometimes some of the great, one of the great things about our nation in, in, in the past is that we've been a Christian nation and, and we have honored those who serve us. We've honored those who have died for us in war. We've honored those who, who put their lives on the line each and every day for society. We honor those who serve. And it's important that we get good at doing that because God served us by sending his son to die on the cross. It's a, it, there's a direct correlation there that God's making in his word. And learning to do that and learning to be good at it is important. And I cannot like the individual, but I need to learn not to curse him. I cannot like the individual in government, uh, the, the person that holds this office or that office, but uh, I can submit myself to that authority. I cannot like the person who is uh, on TV uh, saying this is what we're going to do, but I need to render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. And so by doing that, I honor God, and I learn not to attribute to God things that are negative. And uh, that's a great principle. It's a principle right through Scripture, and it's a good principle to learn. And uh, it's, a, it's a tough principle for us Americans. We're Americans. We are. And we have created one of the greatest nations on the face of the earth. And, and we're, a, we're a source of a lot of the good things that happen in this world. And we're the source of a lot of bad things that happen in this world. And being real about that and being truthful about that to ourselves and, and to our God is important. And that's just one of those things, remember, in the back of your head. I want to submit to God, and he's really in charge anyway, by the way. You do know that he's deciding how all these things go anyway. He, he really is in charge. That's why we call Emmanuel Jesus King of Kings and Lord of Lords, because he is. And uh, he'll handle all that. We just need to do uh, what he says and serve him, chase after his will. And uh, the best will, will come about for us. And and that's what matters is to experience the very best that comes from God. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.